Did you, did you doing it? <laughs> Church of the Palms Presbyterian Church. We are happy, <coughs> excuse me, happy to have you with us. And I'm sorry my voice is like this. Uh, I'm Pastor Phil Bliss. This is Thanksgiving week, and uh, we are glad to have you with us this morning. And on behalf of our senior pastor, Dr. McConnell, and our staff, we uh, welcome you to this hour of worship and wish you a very blessed thanksgiving. You're going to hear the word thanks or thanksgiving many times throughout our service. As a matter of fact, in the opening prayer, uh, the word thanksgiving occurs. And uh, the um, uh, uh, trilogy is being played by the organist and pianist called a Thanksgiving Trilogy. Our senior associate pastor, Dr. Bruce Hedgepeth, uh, is, um, will be preaching from Philippians chapter four, and his message is on a recipe for joy. The introit will be sung by the two children's choirs, God's Kids and Kids of the Kingdom. We'll also hear our Jubilee handbell choir and our chancel choir. And finally, our annual Thanksgiving combined service uh, with our friends from Temple Sinai will be held here in our sanctuary on this Wednesday, November the 21st at 6 p.m. Prior to that, a soup salad sandwich supper will be served in our uh, campus center at five o'clock. So come at five, enjoy a meal, with our friends from the temple and then join us for our worship at six. God bless you and may this service be a blessing and joy. Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Joe Ross, and I serve as an elder in our congregation. 
We begin our service with the opening prayer printed on the cover of our bulletin. Now, let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. O God of all creation, the seen and the unseen, we thank you for the gift of beauty in our world and for the ability to recognize that which is attractive and even breathtaking all around us. On this Sunday, as on every Sunday, we celebrate the gift of life, renewed life each new day, new life infused by your Holy Spirit, transformed life we anticipate in the age to come, and opportunity to live life to the fullest this very day. It is with hearts full of gratitude and thanksgiving that we lift up our prayers to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as our service continues, with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude.
Thank you very much, children. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. The Church of the Palms is in worship. As we come to our prayer of confession, we pray this prayer because we have broken God's holy law. We have not sought first his kingdom and his righteousness. We're anxious and we're troubled about many things. We lack the peace of God because we've neglected the things that bring about the peace of God that passes all understanding. Please join me as we pray our prayer of confession together. O oh God, source of wisdom, strength, love, and truth, we confess that we have sinned against you. You have given us your indwelling presence, yet we look elsewhere for easy assurances. You speak through scripture, prayer, and sisters and brothers in Christ, yet we are distracted and seduced by other voices. You have assured that all time is in your loving embrace, yet we give in to fear and make frenzied grasps for short-term comforts. For all the ways we are ungrateful and mistrustful, for all the ways we settle for less than your best for us, forgive us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <coughs> through Jesus Christ, God has promised the forgiveness of sins to all who turn to him in repentance and in faith. He confirms and he strengthens us. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Uh, now affirm our faith as we read together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now greet those around you and welcome them this morning.
Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms. It is a joy to be together today, uh, lifting up our praise to God. And as we uh, come to this time where we uh, look at what is going on in the life at Church of the Palms, I wanted to invite uh, one of our elders, John Mercier, who is uh, uh, serving on the stewardship team this year to provide us with an update on our stewardship season. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, the other day, Friday, as a matter of fact, uh, the Today Show happened to be on in my house and while I was reading, but it caught my attention because 30 individuals from about 27 different countries were being sworn in as citizens of, of our United States. There were smiles on the faces and there were also some tears on the faces of these folks, but it was clear how proud and thankful they were for this opportunity. Uh, several of them were already serving in our military. Too often we take for granted the freedoms, the opportunities, and the responsibilities that we have as U.S. citizens. And I guess for some of us we also take other things for granted, such as freedom of religion, God's abiding love, our church and its ministries that are always there for us, and also what it takes to effectively and efficiently uh, steward our financial resources. Uh, the church's proposed budget for 2013 has been honed to just under $2.7 million uh, after reviews from departments, financial staff, executive, pastor, and the administration and finance committee. About 700,000 of this comes from sources other than uh, written pledges. The simple math leaves us with a challenge of $2 million needed in pledges. As of last Sunday, and there's a graphic in your bulletin on page 15, if you want to refer to it, uh, we had received 534 pledges. Uh, the potential number in this church is 1439, 1,439, and the amount of 1.35 million plus, which is about two-thirds of what is needed to carry out our ministry plans for next year. A huge thank you to those who have already pledged as the average gift is 12% plus higher than it was at this time a year ago. You have responded well to Elder Andrea Jackson's appeal just a few weeks ago to pray about and consider a 10% increase. The Joy of Generosity campaign did not end with the inspiring presentations shared through personal testimonies in video. It ends, although the ministries continue, when all of God's children have made their financial commitment to do his work in this body of Christ for the upcoming year. As we pray for and pay for the ever-expanding ministries, let us remember the words from James 1.17, every generous act and every perfect gift comes from above from the Father who made the sun, moon, and stars. Remembering that everything belongs to God and we are only asking that you pledge and give back to him a small portion of that with which you have been blessed. If you haven't made your financial commitment as yet, and indeed 534 pledging units have, please consider doing those today, or making that today. Uh, there are commitment cards on the shelves in the back of the church 
of, for you. In gratitude for all of the blessings from our Father above, thank you and God bless. wanted to call your attention to a couple of other announcements and encourage you to read through the rest of them that are printed in the, uh, in the bulletin. If you're seated on the aisle side of the pew, if you could take the red friendship pad that's there and sign your name to it, pass it on down the uh, pew so that we can know that you were in worship with us. If uh, you were away over the summer and are just coming back, we wanted to let you know that the new church directories are, are here, they're in, and you can, there's a copy for you at the welcome card. You can pick it up after the service. We ask just one per family. If you haven't gotten yours yet, they're available for you today. Looking ahead to the coming week, with it being Thanksgiving week, we will be having uh, that great traditional Thanksgiving Eve um, worship service with our friends over at Temple Sinai. We are hosting here this year in the sanctuary, 6 p.m., and there is a, uh, a free soup and sandwich dinner at uh, 5 o'clock over in the Campus Center, so we hope you'll be there for that. There is a, a typo in the uh, bulletin this morning. Our closing hymn is hymn number 145 instead of 154. Just two numbers got switch so you might want to note that and it's it'll be better to sing hymn number 145 if you're singing hymn number 154 it won't work very well and uh finally in first sunday of the new year we will have a choir from westminster uh college here a certain pastor on staff's undergraduate alma mater and uh, we are looking for host families for these choir members. So if you would think and pray about that and contact John Ferrer if you're uh, able to uh, help out by hosting uh, one or two of these students. And now the moment you have all been waiting for, it is the children's time with Miss Lori Haas. Yes, that we get to come down here. So good morning, everybody. We had an exciting night last night. Oh, thanks, Steph. Um, if you saw some of the cardboard boxes out in the courtyard, our fourth and fifth graders got to um, learn a lot about homelessness. And, oh, and the biggest one was the girls that they all like taped together and slept together. The boys had a great design, but the wind kind of took it down. So uh, they moved into the homeless shelter, into the campus center for the night. But the girls made it all night long. Caleb, hello, good morning, hey Josh. So all month long, <clears throat> sorry, we're talking about cooperation, about how we get to work with God and work with each other's other to get amazing things done. And what we're gonna talk about in Sunday school is Nehemiah and how he had to use lots of people and God to build this wall around Jerusalem. We learned that we needed cooperation last night, that when we worked together, we could really build a great place for us to spend the night. We also learned that we were really thankful for a lot of things, that we were thankful that it didn't rain last night. We were thankful that the sprinklers didn't come on because it wasn't wet underneath. We were thankful that we had friends to share this experience with because it made it way more fun. And we were thankful for all the people that we got to help because we did some things together as a group that we don't always get to do alone, but we want to share those ideas with you so that you can do these things with your parents or with your family as you get together. So if my fourth and fifth graders that are going, if you guys would stand up, 
that, and I had a middle school helper, and if you guys see Andrew McFall and Brian Berman who were in the cardboard boxes with us last night, make sure you give them a big thank you. And we are going to share just a quick couple of things. Matthew, go ahead and get us started. Will you pray for the homeless people? Carry a box of granola bars and, and a bottle of water in your car so when you see a homeless person, you can give it to them. Excellent. We adopted two angels, two Salvation Army angels, and we gave them each a bike. You can adopt one this Christmas season, too. Um, you can ring the bell for Salvation Army. You can still sign up outside. Excellent. <laughs> we also bought canned food for the food pantry. You can make homemade jars and give it to homeless people. You can buy $5 gift cards from McDonald's and give it to homeless people, too. Excellent. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for giving us eyes to see and hands to help. We pray that each of your children will feel your love through our words and actions. Amen. Amen. All right, guys.
One of the really amazing community ministries here at Church of the Palms is our food pantry. I know that many of you are familiar with its ministry. A number of you serve in that ministry. Um, but I, I think that because it is uh, so constantly here, because it's open every day of the week, because it's open all year round, and we are serving needy people in our community, it can sort of become a part of the scenery. And so we wanted to take a moment this morning to, um, to, to, to look at what it is the food pantry accomplishes and to invite you to be a part of this amazing ministry to those who are hungry in our community. Let's watch together. Today we gratefully approach the season of Thanksgiving. It is a time to celebrate all we have received from God and find opportunities to renew hope for others. There are many here in Sarasota for whom hope begins with their next meal. In the next few minutes, let's think about eating, a basic daily activity which is easily taken for granted. Many of you will instantly think about where you are going to brunch today after the service, or perhaps the happy times that you and your family have shared around the dinner table. There are a significant number of people right here in our community who have different thoughts about eating. Their cupboards are bare, but there is no money to buy groceries. Their children are hungry and need good nutrition to grow and function at school. Hard choices sometimes have to be made between paying rent, bills, buying shoes, or getting needed medicines for the family, all of which consume the money available for food. Circumstances cause stress on family relationships, and happy family gatherings may be only distant dreams. We, as God's disciples, are called to minister to the needs of those who are hungry. Our food pantry represents God's hands reaching out in compassion and love. Three years ago, we opened the doors of our new distribution center. It is a welcoming place to meet the needs of those who come to us. Monday through Friday, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., people come to us through our affiliation with United Way 211. They are greeted by a warm smile, asked to provide identification, which parallels the vouchers received from 211, indicating their eligibility to receive food based on their family size. Packed bag of groceries include a full meal, such as mac and cheese, peanut butter, tuna or other canned meat, two cans of vegetables, two cans of soup, tomato sauce, pasta, rice or beans, one roll of bathroom tissue, and a snack if available. Because it is more cost efficient, these items are purchased in bulk from All Faiths Food Bank with money from your contributions. In addition, our pantry offers fresh produce, some grown here in our church garden, but primarily we give commercial produce, which is also obtained through All Faiths Food Bank. Some members have donated surplus citrus when it is in season. Breads and pastries 
are regularly made available to clients. Local stores donate bakery items to All Faiths, which are then disseminated through the various food pantries in the area. Also, Panera Bread at Gulfgate weekly donates surplus bread and pastries to our pantry through their donation program. In the past year, our food pantry has reached out and touched many lives. During that period, we have distributed 17,305 bags of groceries, serving 29,670 people, of whom 10,964 were children. To operate the food pantry requires many hands. We have more than 80 caring volunteers involved in packing food and staffing the distribution center. Every day, prayers for food are being answered because of your generous giving. Each of you can become a partner to put food on the table for local families facing hunger. We are now entering our peak season of need. To continue this ministry and purchase the food for the balance of 2012 and through 2013, we must count on the giving hearts in this congregation because our funding comes from your designated donations. Today, special donation envelopes are provided in your bulletin. As you eat your meals this week, please prayerfully consider supporting our food pantry. Next Sunday, November 25th, return to worship with your gift to God's food ministry, or you can send it to the church office. Checks should be made payable to Church of the Palms with a designated note for the food pantry. On behalf of those we serve in God's name, thank you for whatever you can give. As you bow your head and thank God for the food on your table, others can do the same because you gave. We thank you for your faithfulness in the past to this important ministry in our church and in our community, and we look forward to the ways by which God will use us as we seek to reach out to those who are less fortunate than we. We are grateful, those of us who traveled to Israel and have returned uh, for your prayers. We had a great um, experience over there, and unfortunately, uh, while we were there, our prayers for peace were not immediately answered, and we ask that you continue to keep that region in your prayers as we have uh, over these last several days. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we confess to you that we don't quite understand. We who may grow quickly dissatisfied if the food served us is not warm enough or not spicy enough, or not abundant enough. We have a hard time understanding what it might mean to seriously wonder if there will be food tonight, or tomorrow, or the next day. Forgive us. It's not that we don't want to understand, it's just that our circumstances might convince us that somehow that we got what we deserve that in some strange way we earned our keep. It was our hard work, it was our ability, it was our noses to the grindstone that got us what we have. 
that we are truly self-made people. It's hard for us to hear how silly that sounds. Because, of course, we were not there when our brains were formed. We were not there when our bodies were formed. We were not there when our skills and abilities were formed. We were not there when our genetic code was formed. We were not there when we were knit together in our mother's wombs. We were not there when we were given an innate desire to work. All that came from somewhere else, from someone else. All that came from you. We just don't understand how fortunate we are. And when we do even so slightly, how can we be anything but thankful? How can we be anything but humbled? How can we be anything but generous? So when we take our place at the Thanksgiving table this week, remind us of all that we have that had nothing to do with us. Because the truth is, that is pretty much everything, including our very next breath, the very next beat of our hearts. So we pray for the poor. We don't understand why there are more poor Americans today than there have been for a long time. And while we may have our political views, the truth is we don't understand why more Americans are going hungry than there have been for a long time. We imagine, though, that there is something we can do about that. Thanksgiving if it is anything, is the launch to generosity. Help us to help the world to see how thankful we really are. We pray for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, yet one more part of the world we don't completely understand. But we do understand that you are the Prince of Peace, and we pray that soon will come the day when swords will be beat into plowshares. We thank you, O Lord, that you are the one who understands. And we pray your mercy. We pray your grace. For we pray it in the name of Jesus, the greatest of all gifts, the one we least deserve, and the one for which we are most thankful, and the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our presentation of tithes and offerings. On page six is the choral part for the congregation to join in with the chancel choir. When we get to that point, please make a loud noise to the Lord. I'm going to look right at you. Then I need a nice, long, nice, long, loud noise to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. 
Let us pray. Most generous and loving God, all that we are and all that we have come from you. You do provide us with our needs and even give us what we want each day. Today, at this moment, we come before you with a token of our love and gratitude, and we offer them to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture reading for this morning is from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. We're going to be reading um, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. I would invite you to turn there in your Bible or one of the pew Bibles in the rack in front of you as we will be uh, returning to this passage during the message. Before we read God's word together, let us pray. Gracious God, we believe that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And so as we open the scriptures this morning, make us aware of the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit to guide us into your truth. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Philippians chapter 4, beginning in the first verse. Paul writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women. For they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone, the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. It happened just yesterday. An older man right here in Sarasota called his son up in Cleveland, Ohio, and he made this shocking announcement. He said, son... I'm sorry to do this to you so close to Thanksgiving, but your, your mother and I are, are, are getting a divorce. We've, we've just, after 55 years of marriage, we've, we're, we're, we're done. We've, we've had it. The, the son was, he was flabbergasted. He, he couldn't believe it. He was, he was astounded. He said, Dad, you've got to be kidding me. After all you and Mom have been through over all these years, all these decades, how could you even think of getting a divorce now? But, but the father was, was resolute. He said, no, no, it's, it's decided. We just, we don't even want to be around each other anymore. And, and frankly, I'm tired of talking about it. And, and so, you're going to have to be the one who breaks the news to your sister. So you let her know and goodbye. And with that, he hung up the phone. And so, of course, the son pulled out his cell phone and he was texting his sister over in Toledo, Ohio, telling him what he had said. You know, mom and dad are talking about getting a divorce. What are we going to do? Oh, my goodness. And as soon as she got the text, she texted right back, oh, like heck, they're going to get a divorce. I'm going to get on the phone with them right now, and we're going to straighten them out. And so as soon as her thumbs had settled down from all that frantic texting, she got on the phone and called her dad down here in Sarasota, and, and he picked up the phone, and before he could even say another word after hello, she said, don't you even think about getting a divorce. You, there's just no way that's going to happen. I'm not going to allow it. You're, my brother and I, as soon as I'm off this call, 
I'm going to call my travel agent. My brother and I are getting on a plane, and we're going to be down there in just a couple of days, and we are going to stay there this week until we get this worked out. Do you understand me, Dad? And the father said, well, okay, uh, you know, it's been all these years. I guess a few more days wouldn't hurt. And so she said, good, thank you for being reasonable. We'll, we'll see you soon. And he said, okay, bye. And she hung up the phone and he hung up the phone. And with a smile beginning to form on his face, he turned to his wife and said, I bet you know where this is going. Honey, defrost the turkey. The kids are coming for Thanksgiving and they're paying their own way. They're paying their own way. That's the really good thing. So, so, so yeah, even though this, it's, it's, that's not a true story, by the way. Just in case, I, I didn't want you to be praying for this guy in Sarasota who was thinking about a divorce. That was, that was sort of made up. But, um, this fake conflict ended up getting that older man what he hoped for, Thanksgiving with his adult children. But I, I think all of us know that real life conflicts are, are painful. Uh, they, they hurt. They can be uh, destructive. And so I, I want us to be aware that even though Philippians is kind of known as the, the book of joy, in the New Testament. Paul uses some form of the word joy so many times throughout this, uh, this letter, and we heard it this morning. But, but what we find in our text for today is that what was actually going on beneath that theme of joy is there was, there was a conflict that was happening in the church in Philippi between these two leading women, Euodia and Syntyche, they were trying to decide, their conflict was about who had the odder name, I think, which one was a stranger name, but whatever the cause of the, the conflict, it was affecting not only the, the two combatants, but it was uh, uh, impacting the whole church family. These, uh, these two important women were at odds with one another and the, the church was um, kind of lining up and taking sides and it was breaking their fellowship with each other. And Paul recognized, close as he was to that congregation, he recognized that that's what was going on and he, and he addresses it in the first few verses, verses one to three of the passage we read this morning. And, and he calls these two women to um, work on resolving their conflict with each other. Because he knew it affected not only them, he knew it affected not only the church fellowship in the congregation around them, but it also impacted that congregation's relationship with God. He knew that that was something important that needed to be addressed. And the same thing can happen today. When we have conflicts in, in our families or at work or in school or in volunteer organizations or even at church, those conflicts can break our fellowship with each other. And they can kind of act as a barrier in our relationship with God. 
when we have these irreconciled differences going on in our midst. That's one thing that Paul wanted the church in Philippi to be aware of. Uh, A second thing that he addresses in verses 4 to 7 is that our our faith in Christ can can be a, a foundation for us to fix these issues that can sometimes crop up between brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, at some time or another in most relationships, marriage relationships, working relationships, church relationships, we can can get sideways with each other. It it just happens when there's more than one person in a room. It doesn't mean that there, there are bad people involved. It just means that there are things that we need to work through. And what Paul wants to put before us is he, he calls this Philippian congregation uh, in spite of the conflict they were experiencing, in the midst of the conflict they were experiencing, he calls them to remember the joy to which they are called in Christ Jesus. And he calls us to that same joy Whenever we experience conflicts in whatever sphere of life it may be, when we get sideways with a brother or sister in Christ, Paul wants us to remember to focus on the cross of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for you and for me, regardless of whatever our disagreement may be in a particular situation. Now, thankfully, Paul doesn't stop with just calling us to remember the joy that we share in Christ. No, he gives us some concrete steps. How to live out our faith in a way that helps us to fix those issues, those conflicts, those differences that sometimes crop up, even among good people, even among brothers and sisters in Christ. He says it in the verse 6 that we read a little bit earlier. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the midst of this conflict that was tearing at the church in Philippi, Paul reminds the believers there that Prayer is central in working through to a resolution, getting reconciled one with another. And if you look back one verse from that verse 6, he says, let your gentleness be made known to all. See, that sort of sets the the context for the conflict resolution. That, That word gentleness has all kinds of wonderful layers of meaning, magnanimity, benevolence, openness, caring for others. All of those are opposed to remaining in conflict with others in a family of faith. And so what Paul is calling on the Philippians and calling on you and me to do when we experience conflict is first 
to bring that conflict to God in prayer. To lay it at the foot of the cross of Christ. To admit it to ourselves that our relationship with this Christian brother or sister is broken. And many times when we do that, what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to work in us and convict us of our part in that conflict, of what we have contributed to the brokenness of that relationship. And that's where the hard part comes in. Because it's then that our pride gets in the way and it's then that we need to remember that word about gentleness. Let your gentleness be made known to all. Don't let your pride get in the way so that you're afraid to admit, so that I'm afraid to admit my part, my role in this conflict, in this relationship that's broken. You see, we have these tools as a family of faith. We have these spiritual disciplines that uh, enable us to see what's at the cause of the issues and then gently desiring to restore the relationship, desiring to be right in our connection with God as well as our brothers and sisters in Christ. We, with gentleness and humility, go to that other person and seek to bring resolution in as much as we are able. Now, I wish I could tell you that I have studied Paul's words and I have followed them closely throughout my whole life such that I have never experienced a relationship that stays broken, but that isn't the case. And it is not a good thing. It hurts to live with a relationship that's broken. And I'm sure that many of you have experienced the same thing. But when we do listen to these words from the apostle, when we do go in prayer to our Heavenly Father, when we do seek reconciliation with our brother or sister, the apostle is right. He's showing us the Lord's way. We can rebuild those relationships. We can uh, be reconciled one with another within the family of faith. You know, Paul's words, I'm sure, were so helpful to the church in Philippi, and I believe they can continue to be helpful today because he advises us as, as to how we can continue to live out this being reconciled with one another. How we can orient our lives in a, a, a positive kind of way. It's one of my favorite short couple of verses in Scripture. Verses 8 and 9, the way he closes the text. Finally, beloved, in the midst of this conflict, calling them to, uh, the, the two women and the whole church family to be reconciled with one another. Finally, beloved, this is what you should pay attention to. Whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul isn't talking about being um, unaware of the reality of the, the pain that conflict causes. I mean, he's just spent the last two sections talking about a real-life issue they were dealing with in the church in Philippi. Now, what he's talking about is, as followers of Jesus, deciding, deciding that we are going to focus on God's activity in our midst, the wonderful way that, our, that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, the way that God has gifted even the person that, with whom we are in conflict. We are going to choose to focus on what is good and constructive and positive and pure. That's what we're going to choose to think about. You see, I think too often we take the many blessings that we enjoy for granted we just assume we are due them. Instead, we focus on what is negative and, and what isn't the way we think that it should be. But Paul calls us to live in an attitude and a mindset of thanksgiving. And not only does he call us to do that in the way we think about things, in the way that we think about one another, he also calls us to do it in what we do, in how we act. And so perhaps especially at this time of year, with the holiday season beginning, with Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas, we have opportunities to act in positive and constructive and life-giving kinds of ways. One way we might act is by deciding to be a part of supporting the food pantry and its ministry to feed hungry people right here in our community throughout the coming year. We might act for the good of others by signing up for the Salvation Army to ring the bell and spread Christmas joy at Publix right here on Bee Ridge Road. We might choose to act for the good by seeking to apologize to someone with whom we are in conflict. We think and we do what is good and pure and honest and true. That's how Paul ends this admonition to the Philippians. That's how we end this morning. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things and keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. That, friends, is a recipe for joy this Thanksgiving and every day.
Amen. And now as this service ends, and when you go from this place, go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and forever. Amen.
Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. This presentation of our 9 o'clock traditional worship service is a live telecast sent your way every Sunday morning. Locally, we're seen on Comcast Cable Channel 189 and through live streaming to anywhere the Internet reaches. There'll be another traditional worship service here at 11. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian Church, USA. Do you have two hours to spare this holiday season? We've been invited to ring the Salvation Army kettle bells this Christmas season at the Publix at Beneva and Bee Ridge, as well as the Macy's at Southgate Mall. What an honor to be a part of this 80-plus year tradition in Sarasota. So grab a friend and come sign up for a two-hour shift. It may be just the best two hours of your Christmas celebration. You can contact Mary King at 724 224 to get more information and available times. The phone number again is 724-0224. The C.S. Lewis Reading Group will resume Tuesday, November 20th at 6 p.m. in the chapel reception room for the reading group led by Dr. Stephen McConnell. Our next discussion will be about the Latin letters by C.S. Lewis. The annual Harvest Service Celebration on Wednesday, November 21st, Church of the Palms will be hosting the annual Harvest Service Celebration with our friends from Temple Sinai. We'll begin with a soup and sandwich repast at 5 p.m. in the Campus Center, followed by Thanksgiving Celebration in the Sanctuary at 6 p.m. To get more information, you can contact John Ferreira at 924-1323. You're invited to the 68th annual production of the Christmas portion of G.F. Handel's Messiah. The performance will take place in the sanctuary on Saturday, December 1st at 4 p.m. A dress rehearsal will be held at 1 p.m. Jean-Viave Beauchamp is artistic director with Dr. Jonathan Spivey on the organ. Live orchestra and a special appearance by Sarasota Young Voices as well. To get more details about both events, you can contact John Ferreira at 924-1323. It's always a pleasure to bring you these live telecasts from Church of the Palms in Sarasota. Our prayers are that they're a blessing to you each week. Again, next Sunday morning, we'll present another broadcast of our 9 o'clock traditional worship service. This is Jimmy Lance. May the peace of Christ be with you and sustain you Till we meet again, enjoy this day, this gift, God's good morning.